Welcome to the Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Lisa Bishop, and I oversee the women's ministry and small groups ministry at our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent for you that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we've created the Daily Cut, short devotionals that we hope encourage you as you grow in your faith and in your relationship with Jesus. This is the Daily Cut, and I'm Lisa Bishop. All right, it's good to be with you all. I hope you're doing well. The past few months and more recently, the past couple of weeks have been very challenging. And I know we've all been experiencing a myriad of thoughts and emotions that, for me, words cannot fully express. And it's in these days that I'm reminded time and time again of the need for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one that can radically change lives and transform hearts, and we all desperately need the saving grace of Jesus and the transformative work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And today, as we continue our study in the book of Acts, I'm going to share some observations from Acts chapter 9 that recounts the story of one man's radical conversion to the Christian faith. Now, as we've been learning through the book of Acts this week, we see that Acts is an account of how the Holy Spirit empowered believers and the apostles to declare the gospel the message of Jesus Christ as Messiah and Savior among both the Jews and the Gentiles. And we also see an account of the establishment of and history of the early Christian church. As we see the powerful work of the Holy Spirit all throughout the book of Acts, in our text today, we see Saul, better known and familiar to us as the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. We see Saul's conversion in the beginning of his powerful ministry-empowered by Jesus. Now, I'm going to take a couple of minutes to give an overview of our text today, and then I'm going to highlight some things to take away from our text. If you can, I invite you to open your Bible to Acts chapter 9. Now, leading up to Acts chapter 9, in the previous chapters, we see the church is growing and gaining momentum as the apostles of Jesus are spreading the gospel. Many are being saved and healed, and the Holy Spirit is clearly at work. We also see opposition to the gospel, and in chapter 8, read an account of the first Christian martyr, the first person known to be killed for his belief in and proclamation of Jesus. And his name is Stephen, and Stephen is a man who is described as being full of faith and the Holy Spirit, having performed miracles among the people. Stephen was stoned to death because of his faith in Jesus. And the stoning of Stephen is significant to our text today because as Stephen was stoned, Saul, who we'll encounter in our text today, silently stood witness, approving of the killing. So let's jump into Acts 9 and see what is unfolding. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 and 2 say this. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So we see that Saul is in direct opposition to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he wanted to find anyone who belonged to the way, which the way is the way of Jesus, whether men or women, so that he might take them as prisoners and eventually execute them. So let's take a look at Saul. Who is Saul? Saul was a Jew 
and he was born in the Roman city of Tarsus. He was really proud of his Jewish heritage, and he actually described himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews, which means he was essentially elevating himself against his counterparts in the Jewish religion. Saul was a Pharisee and a persecutor of the church. Essentially, Saul committed himself to destroying the church. He even sought and received authority from the high priest to pursue Christians outside of Jerusalem to bring them back as prisoners. In his Jewish heritage, he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and so he passionately and zealously pursued killing Christians. His mission was to eradicate the church, and here we find him on the road to Damascus, a 135-mile journey from Jerusalem on a mission. As we will see, while on the road to Damascus, he had a supernatural and life-changing encounter with the resurrected Jesus, and his zealous, unstoppable passion to persecute the church was turned into a loyal obedience to Jesus. His life would now be transformed to live a life proclaiming the gospel. And in our text, we see his name is Saul, but we actually know him as Paul who is the apostle of Jesus, who wrote nearly half of the New Testament books in his letters to the church, encouraging them and calling them up and out to who they were in Christ and using his life to implore people to follow Jesus. So why the two names? Well, just in case we get a little bit confused between Saul and Paul, if we fast forward to chapter 13 of Acts, we see that Saul is also called Paul. So Saul and Paul essentially are the same names. Saul is his Hebrew name, and Paul is what they say a Greek version of Paul's name. So Saul and Paul are the same person. Well, moving on in the text, we see in verse 3, as he, Saul, neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then in verse 5, Saul says, who are you, Lord? And then Jesus says, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So this light flashes from heaven. He falls to the ground, and he hears the resurrected voice of Jesus call out to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you persecuting the church? When you persecute the church, you are persecuting me, Jesus. And when Saul says, who are you, Lord, this expression, Lord, is really an acknowledgement to an authoritative voice that provokes respect and reverence. So Saul asks who this divine voice is, and the resurrected Jesus answers. He says, I am Jesus, who you're persecuting. Now get up and go. I can only imagine what Saul is thinking. And we see that his companions were actually rendered speechless. So Saul is now without sight for three days. And his physical blindness was actually symbolic of the spiritual darkness that he was living in. It's also interesting that in his encounter with Jesus, Saul sees a bright light, and that Saul, Paul, will eventually become known as the light to the Gentiles. Now, as Saul is being led into Damascus by his traveling companions, we see that the Lord speaks through a vision to a man named Ananias. Now, there are three different Ananiases that we see in the book of Acts. So this isn't the same Ananias that was talked about earlier in Acts. This is a different Ananias who's described as a disciple of the Lord. 
And the Lord tells Ananias about Saul, and he instructs him to lay his hands on Saul so that Saul will regain his sight. Now, understandably, Ananias is freaked out. He's frightened because he's heard of Saul and how Saul has pursued and persecuted Christians. But the Lord says to Ananias, go, for he, Saul, is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias does what the Lord tells him. Now, let's just stop here briefly and acknowledge the faithfulness of Ananias. In a situation that did not make human sense and with the fear for his life gripped him, Ananias heard the voice of God and obeyed. And in his obedience, he finds Saul, lays his hands on him. Saul's sight is regained. He is baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the beginning of a lifelong ministry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the story of Ananias demonstrates the power of hearing God and obeying God We never know how God will use our obedience. Well, moving on to verse 20, we see that Saul immediately proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying Jesus is the Son of God. And we see that all who heard were amazed, seeing a man whose life was dedicated to killing Christians to a man whose life was now dedicated to furthering the gospel. We see the incredible power of a saving relationship with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. God can do incredible and miraculous things that we would never expect. So Saul goes from being known as a murderer to being known as Paul, an apostle called by God who devoted himself to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, the very message he once vehemently opposed. The work God accomplished through Paul was nothing short of a miraculous act of God's divine grace. And In his many years of ministry, Saul, known as Paul, preached the gospel in many cities and established many churches. Paul's life bears testimony to God's amazing power and to his ability to take our past rebellion and transform it and use it for his glory, his church, and the world. Through God's work in Saul's life, we get a glimpse of the miraculous beauty and possibilities of God. Now, while we may know someone who's had an extraordinary dramatic conversion, receiving Christ in a life-changing, instantaneous experience, many of us would describe our conversion as more of a gradual understanding of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But both types of conversion experiences are powerful and relevant. Any life saved by Jesus and transformed by the Holy Spirit is an act of God and a miracle in itself. And Saul's dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus was the beginning of his incredible journey. And while not all conversions are as startling as Saul's, each of us is commissioned by Jesus to live in obedience to him and on mission for him. So what are some points to take away from this? First, God can save anyone. God can use anyone he chooses. Jesus seeks us out. We respond. He sought Saul out. He sought you out. If you are a follower of Jesus, it is not your own doing. It is purely the will, act, and grace of God. So as Saul, now known as Paul, says in his letter to the Ephesians, so that no one can boast, he says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. If you are a follower of Christ, how has your life been transformed by the gospel? 
How does the fact that you are chosen, that God chose you to be His son or daughter, to have a personal relationship with Him, to be transformed into His likeness, used for His glory on earth, and to be forever with Him in eternity, how does that impact you? What thoughts or emotions does that evoke? For me, it evokes gratitude and a sense of urgency to be a faithful ambassador, being transformed daily into the image of Christ and sharing the good news of the gospel with others, living in such a way that people's lives may be opened to the saving grace of Jesus. As we see from the conversion of Saul, we are all spiritually blind and lost without Jesus. Until we encounter Jesus, everyone does what is right in their own minds, and Jesus opens our eyes and renews our hearts. He is the only one that can transform a life. We also see that Jesus confronts Saul's sin, and He confronts our sin. We were once dead in our transgressions and sin, but now made alive with Christ. Jesus confronts our sin, and in His love and mercy, by the power of His Holy Spirit, sanctifies us. He purifies us from sin. Are we humbly submitted before Jesus as He shows us our sin? Do we confess and repent, turning away from our sin and turning towards Christ, becoming more like Him? And then we also see that Jesus converts Saul and calls him for a purpose. Jesus saved you for a purpose. As Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Then the universal purpose and call of followers of Jesus is to become more like Him, to put God's glory on display by the way we live and love those around us. It's to proclaim the good news, the saving grace of Jesus, through our lives and our actions and with our lips. How do our lives put God's glory on display. The gospel cannot be stopped. There are modern-day pre-conversion Saul speaking out murderous threats persecuting the church. There are Christians today who are losing their lives because of the proclamation of their faith in Jesus. Most of us will not experience risking our lives for our faith, but will we risk our pride and our fear and our complacency to share the good news of grace, the grace of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms lives? Our world desperately needs hope. Our world desperately needs a divine intervention, an encounter with the one and only true God, Jesus. And when people do encounter Jesus, their lives will never be the same. You simply cannot enter into a saving faith in Jesus and not be changed. God will work mightily in the lives of those who call Jesus their Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit will work mightily through all who call on the name of Jesus. Well, as we close here, when Saul, the chief of sinners and prosecutor of the church, encounters Jesus and experiences the power of the Holy Spirit, again, we see that his heart is turned to love those he hated. His mission is changed from hate to love. Only God, only the Holy Spirit. A question for all of us. Who might we see is unredeemable by God? Whose sin do you see is so great that you do not see their worth, or is someone able to be saved and transformed by the gospel and for the gospel? Ask God to help you see that person made in His image. Ask Him to see that person as He sees them. 
And if you think that your life is not worthy of redemption and that your sin is taking you out of the running to be pursued by the saving grace and power of Jesus, hear this. Nothing you've done or could ever do disqualifies you from being redeemed by the blood of Jesus. As Roman 5, 6 says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Know this, all who call in the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior will be saved. And that means you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and ask him to do a mighty work in you. And may we all surrender so that God would have his way in us, that we would be his chosen instruments of grace, putting God's glory on display by the way we live and act towards others, sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the only God that saves, the only God that transforms hearts and lives. Well, as we close our time together, I'm reminded of the old hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. May we, may you, may I be a tangible expression of the love of Jesus to a world who desperately needs His saving power and heart and life transformation. And may we see all people with the eyes and heart of the Holy Spirit and His followers as ambassadors of Jesus live our lives in a manner worthy of the calling that we have received in Christ Jesus. As the conformed and transformed Apostle Paul wrote in his thanksgiving prayer to the Ephesians, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray this for you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional, so stay tuned.